0: In a world where people enter a new and dangerous territory filled with anxiety and worry they need a place to go and listen to the voices in his head trying to ease the confusion and now they've come here where they will be told this is not a get-rich-quick scam this is a long-term Building Your Business the Right Way Marathon. It's 2023, and there are over 100 episodes of conflicting information as this guy learns and takes new directions and shares his own opinions, like it or not. Welcome to The VO Life, a podcast for those who are trying to figure out how to build a career in VO from a guy who just seems to always learn the
1: hard way. Now here's your host,
0: Troy Holden.
1: Welcome back to the VO Life. Today we've got a fantastic guest. Mark Scott is well known in the VO community for a lot of things. He gives of his time in many ways. He assists others, a lot of up and coming voice actors in their efforts. He has the Ask Me Anything on Fridays, which is live on YouTube, and the Marketing Playbook, which is set to come out very soon. His branded vopreneur approach to business first has made him one of the go-tos for talent for business coaching and marketing techniques, and I am very privileged and pleased to have Mark with us today to talk about his career, the playbook, and a lot more. Mark, welcome to the VO Life. Hey, thank you, man. This is
2: awesome. That was uh, That was quite the intro.
1: Well, you know, sitting back and watching you as I started to grow my career has been very interesting. And, um, you know, watching uh, how things have progressed, how followers have gone up and everything you're doing, it's fascinating. Um, I, I think people have a big trust in what you do, and I think that's great. I would really like to start off with you talking a little bit more about, you know, I know people know you're up in Canada. I want to talk about where you're at, a little bit about your family and the kids, and what does the Mark Scott clan love to do on a free weekend?
2: Well, we are in uh, southern Ontario, Canada, which most people in the United States do not realize is actually further south than about a third of the U.S. I think everybody always thinks of of Canada as like America's hat or something like that, and right. and don't fully realize geographically where we're at. So yes, it does snow here, absolutely, but we're not like buried under eight feet of snow all winter long, and 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 doing that whole entire thing. So we are finally now, as as we're in early April here, uh, we're finally turning to some deep, decent temperatures and some sunny days, and we are very much looking forward to getting outside again. Uh, my, my kid, my 10 my year old has, has been driving me nuts for the last two weeks like, Daddy, when are we going to have our first campfire? When are we going to have our first campfire? That's all on the right. weekends. It's like light the fire, hang out in the backyard, make some s'mores, roast some hot dogs or something like that. That's honestly what we want to do. And, and we have we've definitely been missing that over the winter. So we're very much looking forward to hanging outside in the backyard again.
1: Yeah, same here. We've had uh, we've had a little bit of break. Uh, being deeper in the south, we've had a little warm weather earlier. But we also I know the the night before I left to go to V O Atlanta, it was 22 degrees, which is pretty doggone cold for that time of year. But uh, so so, do you guys have any? Uh, I know a lot of uh, families have. They like to go to theme parks or let like do this or that. Do you guys have any things that you like to try to do once a year or vacation destinations you love? Well, my kids have been all over me about
2: when we're going to hit our first water park. Obviously, with with the pandemic, that limited our ability to travel. And most of our favorite water parks are actually in the United States. There's a couple that we like to go to in Michigan, one we like to go to in Erie, Pennsylvania. And so we haven't been able to go to those. And so that was actually a conversation that we were just having the other day because we were talking about, you know, what are we doing for summer vacation this year? Where are we going to go? Because we haven't been able to do that either. And the first thing that both my, my two oldest were like, we want to go to a water park. So that's going to be priority one is uh, as soon as we get a free opportunity, we will be we will be heading to a water park
1: awesome awesome yeah you know, I miss uh Nashville used to have Opryland it's been a long time since it closed but we used to buy the season passes it was 30 minutes away uh, yep. I really miss all of that I keep hoping they'll get something else closer we have to either drive to Louisville Kentucky or go down to Atlanta or, or something to hit something but uh, it's well worth it a lot of fun yep although as I'm getting older things that spin are not my friend anymore <laughs> yeah, some of those roller coasters that
2: felt really cool 20 years ago all of a sudden it's like, what was I thinking when I got on that thing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As long as they don't spin, you know, I, I do okay with that. So here we are fresh off of, of VO Atlanta. You presented, uh, tell us a little bit about your experience presenting at VOA. I was just excited to be back. I had done VO Atlanta
2: every year for several years. And then obviously with, with COVID and travel, uh, travel restrictions, I had not been able to attend since 2019. And so I think, um, I mean going and being able to present was amazing but seeing people that I haven't seen in you know whatever 4 years like that was my favorite part of the weekend was just running into people that I haven't seen since I guess the last conference I had done in the US was uh oh was a WovoCon maybe in 2019 mm-hmm. so it it had been a minute since I had been there and and seen people and I think that's always been one of my favorite parts of the conferences it's it's cool to do coaching sessions with people and have conversations via Zoom or, you know, bring them on the podcast and interview them or see them on Free Advice Friday or whatever. But to actually meet someone in 3D, right? To to stand right. in front of them and get to see them, shake their hand, give them a hug or whatever. Um, that that was my favorite part of it this year. And I mean, maybe I'm in a, a little different place in my in my business now. I, I you know, I I was the guy. Not that many years ago that was like, get into as many sessions as humanly possible. And, you know, writing down feverish notes and trying to learn and learn and learn and learn. And, and, uh, you know, that's still a big part of it for me. But just seeing my people again, that was that was it for me this year was just seeing my people again.
1: Yeah, that 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 was awesome. I I had coached in the previous couple of years with Brad Highland. I've coached with Mark Ryder. Um, Mary Lynn Whisner, and it was good to, to make that personal connection. Uh, yeah. But it's like Brad and I talked uh, yesterday. It was, there were so many people and so many people to see, and you k- kept thinking, well, I want to sit down and have a meal with this person or that person. And it couldn't happen. There was so much interaction, you couldn't get to it. I'm actually surprised considering that,
2: you know, the way VO Atlanta is set up, it's it's set up really well in in the Hilton to have that big promenade area. And, you know, the vast majority of the sessions happen all in that same spot. And so you would think you're going to continuously run into to people. I was surprised how many people I found out after the fact that were there that I did not run into over the mm-hmm. course of the entire weekend. And and like uh, Sailing a Seagull was one that I really wanted to, to meet up with Celia. I I love her. I haven't had a chance to see her for a while. I I ran into her finally like eight minutes before I had to catch the hotel shuttle. I was on my way out the door (laughs) and I was like, how did I not see you over the course of the weekend? So right, definitely some people
1: that I missed for sure. Yep, for sure. Uh, Did you happen to attend any sessions that may have stood out for you or maybe ran across someone you met that you hadn't met before that really stood out?
2: I uh, I sat in on some of Tom Pinto's breakout session, which was fun for me only in that I spent a year coaching with Tom. But again, it was all via Zoom. And so to actually see him in person and, and you know, he's just as cool in person as he is mm-hmm. on Zoom. Uh, and I sat in on a Tina Morasco breakout session. And I mean, I'm f- very familiar with with Tina and everybody talks about how amazing she is. But that was the right. first time that I'd actually had a chance to see her and uh definitely took some notes from her commercial breakout session it's uh Mm -hmm. i'll tell you that the commercial space is like that is the game that never stops changing and and trying to keep up with the with the rules on the playing field for that one and so hearing her i think probably the most impactful thing was hearing her when she literally was like here's a script and here's how everybody reads it now here's that same script and here's how we want you to read it and it's just like night and day difference Mm -hmm. and, and the way that they're, you know, the reads that they're looking for now and the style of delivery that they're looking for now. And so to be able to see her do that in person and, and be in the room there, that was, that was a pretty cool session.
1: I thought. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, Yeah. And I agree with that. It's, it's such a, change. And, and I'm not saying week to week, but it does seem like sometimes it feels like it, it. it does. Yeah. And it seems like you're just throwing it away a little more, throw it yep. away a little more. And it's just yep. getting, you know, the real thing is really real. And I know we all have that thing. We get in front of a microphone and there's a screen and it's us. And we, we sometimes don't get there and it's, yep. it's tough. It's really yep. hard. Let's change gears and talk a little bit about, uh, your, your path and Veopreneur stuff. I know you started in radio, and one of the questions I had about that was, was that something you focused on in university, or was that something that just came naturally, you just jumped into?
2: I, from a very young age, I had it in my head that I was going to be in radio. Um, I think probably my earliest inspiration was was Casey Kasem and spending my weekends listening to the weekly Top 40 uh, and, and thinking, wow, this guy works four hours a week. That's, that's absolutely incredible. <laughs> um, I would say, you know, at, at that point in time, when I was, you know, pre high school, you know, it would have been late eighties, early nineties. Uh, there was still, we could say that's the glory days of the announcer. There was a lot of big mm-hmm. voices on radio doing a lot of wild and crazy things. Morning shows were super fun, but even afternoon drive shows at that point were still mm-hmm. super fun. And, And uh, it just sounded like everybody was having such a great time. So I I decided that that was what I wanted to do. I remember sitting down with my grade eight uh, guidance counselor and, you know, they're getting you prepared for high school and they say, what do you want to do when you, when you graduate from high school? And I said, I want to be in radio. So then they open up their great big book and they look through and they say, okay, well to get into college for radio, you've got to score at least 80% in English and you've got to score at least 80% in communications. So I interpreted that as I'm just going to go to high school and score 80% in English and 80% <laughs> in communications. And so mm-hmm. uh, if you look at my English grades all through high school, I was mid to high 90s. If you look at my communications grades, I was mid to high 90s. And then I kind of just didn't go to any of my other classes. I, 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 <laughs> I slightly misinterpreted the messaging of my guidance counselor at that point. Um, I did a high school co-op. Uh, so it would have been my... Uh, I, I did two actually. So my, my second to last year of high school and then my graduating year in high school, I did co-ops at a radio station. And I I still remember going into that first co-op, the program director said, you know, what are you hoping to get out of this co-op? And I said, I want to get on the air. And he said, well, I don't want to crush your hopes and dreams, but we don't put co-op students on the air. We'll give you some really cool opportunities to do some stuff, but we don't put co-op students on the air. Within three weeks, I was on the air. Uh, I I think I just proved that I was, I was serious about it Mm -hmm. Uh, by my final year of doing co-op my grade 12 year. um, I was actually filling in, I was hosting weekend shows and, and, you know, filling in on the I filled in on the morning show when I was in high school. Uh, I like, I literally covered the morning show while their morning guy went on vacation. And so when my, I, I graduated, so that would have been June of 96. When I graduated, I applied on a whim to a, a radio station not too far away from where I lived at the time, just because they had a, an, an open posting for, for looking for announcers. And uh, they actually hired me. And so I got hired straight out of high school. Uh, I was doing evenings and in, uh, in weekends. And so my plan was I was going to do it for a year. I had been accepted to uh, the British Columbia Institute of Technology, which at the time was supposed to be one of the most respected schools for radio broadcast in the country. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go to school for a year, make some money, head off to college. Um, After, you know, whatever, half a year, getting ready to make some decisions. I I remember sitting down with my program director and saying, what do you think? And, and he's like, look, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but do you really want to go to school and come out $30,000 in debt to learn how to do something that you're already doing? And I was like, that's a very valid point. And so uh, college didn't happen. I I just I stayed in radio and and continued to go through a very long streak of of radio and television jobs. So my first my first on air would have been 1995. My last on air would have been 2011. I guess
1: my wife and I were having a discussion in October of 2021. And, and I was so frustrated. I was working in automotive manufacturing. I was a supply chain manager. And this is during all this COVID stuff. You couldn't get, you couldn't get parts. You're, you're flying parts out of Japan everywhere. You're, you're expediting everything. And I, and people had quit. They wouldn't replace people. And there you are trying to run four departments. And she said, just quit. You're doing okay. with voiceover just quit. I said, well, Instead of just quitting, what if I go in and say, end of the year, I'm done december thirty first, I want to walk away. And at least it gave me a couple of months to prep for no paycheck, but it was still tough in january. it's It's not the best feeling in the world. Um, it, it did not that, feel it at the time for me that I
2: got let go. It did not feel like it was a blessing. It felt like a curse, and it was it was one of the scariest things yeah. that I've ever been through in my life. That being said, in with hindsight, because you know, obviously we all have hindsight, it's twenty twenty. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. If I had right. not got let go and and probably let go the way that I got let go because it kind of lit a fire under my butt because it ticked me off the way it all went down. If that had not happened, I would probably not be here today doing voiceover. Mm-hmm. I probably would have stayed in radio and and or, you know, tried to stay in radio. Uh, and so honestly, i I needed. And I, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of faith. And I think that that was God kicking me in the butt and saying, I got a different path for you. And if you're not going to take it, I'm going to force you into it. And I I honestly feel like that's, that's what happened. And so it ended up, you know, the worst moment of my life ended up being the greatest blessing.
1: Awesome. I I love to hear stories like that because I fully believe that he, he told my wife it was okay before he told me. And that really helped. Yep. Uh, because I needed her to be okay. She's the worrier, not me. Yeah. I, I'm the one that says I'll find a way to make it somehow. Yep. I, I know you made a decision probably early on as far as where you were going to focus your VO business. Did, it, did, did you go into this thinking the non-glamorous approach, I'm going to do more e-learning narration things, or was it just where it led you?
2: I uh, am not ashamed to say that I'm very motivated by money uh, as a, as a business guy. I, you know, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm in business to make money and I don't feel bad about that. Uh, so where I ended up was a direct result of where the money was coming from. Um, mm-hmm. Having been on online casting sites for several years at that point, I was using casting sites while I was still in radio. That was kind of the the, the main thing that I was doing. It became pretty obvious where I was making money and where I wasn't. And so when the opportunity came to go full time, it was literally just a matter of sitting down, looking looking at the spreadsheets and saying, OK, here's where your money's coming from. Go find more of that. Uh, and, and you know, mm-hmm. if stuff over on the other side comes in every once in a while, great. But let's focus where the money's coming from. And so that was the strategy that I took. And, and that is the strategy that has carried me through ever since. I mean, uh, that's a decade now that that I've been kind of mm-hmm. just following the money in that regard.
1: Yeah, I do believe the industry will point you in the right direction. Yep. It's it's where you're booking and where you're making the money. You're exactly right. So when, when did you decide that, hey, I've got to do my marketing, I'm doing this. And when did you decide this is working? I need to bottle this for others. When did that come to you? You had a you had something that could be shared.
2: So it, it occurred to me, I, I was reading a lot of business books and reading a lot of marketing books uh, early on in, in my journey full-time because you know i was like i don't know anything i gotta i gotta figure something out here i was not reading voiceover books i was reading marketing and sales books and and it occurred to me that look if there if there's a segment of buyers that are on online casting who are looking for voiceovers it stands to reason that there's a segment of buyers out there that are not familiar with online casting who may also be looking for voiceovers so how do i go and find them and so after sending Thousands of really horrible emails and and a lot of really failed and and pathetic and and you know embarrassing marketing attempts and trying to figure all of that out. Over time, refining my strategy from the things that I was learning from books that I was reading and and whatnot, um, I, I finally got to a point where I found a system that seemed to be working. And I, I'll never forget, I read a book from Gary Vaynerchuk very early in my journey. And it was called Crush It. And one of the things that the book said was to write a blog. And I was like, all right, well, if Gary Vee says write a blog, then write a blog. He's a smart guy and and knows what he's talking about. So I was like, Okay, well, what am I going to blog about? I started blogging about really it was. From my perspective, it was here's the stupid thing that I did today and here's how I fixed it. From the reader's perspective, it was this guy's giving really good tips on how to do marketing. And I, mm-hmm. it took me about four years before I actually figured out that's what was going on, that, that that's where the perception was. And so for me, the market dictated it. I, I suddenly started having more and more people coming to me, asking me questions about marketing, asking me questions about email or social media or or all of this stuff. And, and it got to a point where I was like, okay, maybe, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's an opportunity here. And I'm motivated by money. I don't deny that, but I'm also motivated by service. And, and I mean, I spent 17 years as a firefighter and that's a big part of who I am. And I can absolutely attest to how life-changing voiceover has been for, for me, uh, and, and the opportunities that is created for me that I was never going to get in radio and Mm -hmm. a big part of my driving motivation in all of this was, can I give this to somebody else? Can I help somebody else figure out what I've figured out that can help them take their business from, you know, small part-time beer money to full-time life-changing, you know, take care of my family money. That's a really strong motivator for me. And so taking the cues from the people who are reading my blog and from the voice actors who are reaching out to me and, and asking me for help. And and knowing that I wanted to be able to help them in some way, uh, you know, I put together my first course 2015, probably 2016, maybe I think I put together my first course. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't know what what to think at that time. I had major imposter syndrome. Um, at, at that point in the industry, you know, there was a handful of respected coaches. And and if you came in and tried to be a coach, usually you weren't respected because you were kind of moving in on their turf or whatever, but there also that I could find there wasn't a lot of people that were teaching what I was teaching. You know, everybody teaches performance. Right. Not a lot of people were teaching the business and marketing side. And I'm not a creative first. I'm a business guy first. Mm-hmm. And so the business and marketing side felt so much more natural to me where I realized that for most voice actors, it doesn't. And so I knew I right. had something that right. I could offer them there. And so it, right. it kind of evolved from there once the first course was created.
1: Yeah, most creatives are, uh, a lot of them are really struggling on the business side. It's, it's They just, just want to be in the booth, right? I, I just want to record right. voiceovers. Right. I just want to make the money. Somebody else Nobody told me guy. I was going to have to market and do
2: sales <laughs> and customer service and accounting and invoicing right. and whatever. And I, I, I get that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I understand it. That's why there's so many uh, great virtual assistants out there for some people, I guess. That's right. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the, the playbook. I know the launch is coming up, but what I really want to get into is when is someone ready to buy into the playbook? Is there a measure where they should be in their career to get started? Or is this just, no, let's just jump in early.
2: No, a hundred percent. I always say um, in, in every release, I say the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. You've got to have training. You've got to have a home studio. You've got to have demos and you've got to have a website. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the training, then I could teach you all the marketing, but it's not going to do you any good because you won't be able to deliver quality voiceover. Same goes with right. your studio. If your studio's not dialed in, doing all the marketing in the world is not going to help if you can't record voiceovers. If you don't have your demo in your website, all the marketing strategy in the world isn't going to mean anything because you've got nothing to prove that you can actually do this. And so there are certain things that you've got to have in place. Now, that being said, if you've got those things in place, there's something in playbook for the voice actor who got their demos in their website and their studio set up yesterday. And there's something in playbook for the voice actor who's been doing this for 10 or 15 years, but recognizes that there's shifts happening in the industry and I don't get as much money from my agents and my casting sites as I used to. And I need to to come up with another strategy. And so if you've got those basic things in play, then from there, Playbook is just going to teach you how to market. That's that's what it teaches you. It teaches you how to market. And I think probably one of the coolest things about the course that I've discovered inadvertently over the years, marketing is marketing is marketing. It doesn't matter if you're selling voiceover or you're selling dog food. Marketing is marketing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and everybody's got a side hustle these days, or it feels like everybody's got a side hustle these days. I'm surprised at how many people have taken Playbook for voiceover, but then they've taken the principles that they've learned in that course because they learn marketing principles, and they've been able to apply it to their side hustles as well, which I think is really fun because, hey, when you figure out the marketing side of things, I mean, that's when you really unlock the, the earning potential of your business, regardless of what your business is.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It's a lot about selling you, not just what you have. Uh, I think that's a, that's an excellent point. And I've always believed that marketing is marketing. I'm glad you said that because a lot of people try to specify voiceover marketing. And, and uh, I think you're 100% right. Now, uh, technically, let's just say I want the playbook, but I hate CRMs. I'm an Excel guy. Yep. I just want to work in Excel. Can I make that work? Oh, 100%. You don't
2: You don't have to have a CRM. I think that a CRM is going to make your life easier eventually. I think if you're marketing consistently, there's going to come a point where your your spreadsheet is just going to get too big. It's going to get too mm-hmm. big and, and unmanageable. Um, but at the end of the day, the course is going to teach you how to do the marketing. The The system that you use to do the marketing, whether that is is a CRM or a spreadsheet or a virtual assistant or whatever that's not as you know that that's up to every individual to decide what workflow works best for them i just want mm. to give you the 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 tools and the strategies that you need to figure out how to get it all going in the first place and that's the big part of what i teach it's 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 taking i'm very much about actionable practical advice. That's my thing. Actionable, practical advice. I I laugh when I see courses that are like 114 hours of content. I'm like, who in the world has time to sit down and watch 114 hours of content? And there can't possibly (laughs) be 114 hours of value in there, right? I've taken 10 years of my marketing education and my experience in my own business. And I'm breaking it down into a few hours and saying, here's this, this is this concept. This is what that concept means. This is how it applies to voiceover. This is how you can implement it in your business. That's the way I want to teach it. So I'm giving you the strategies. And then from there, you can decide what your workflow looks like.
1: One of the questions that comes up with a lot of marketing things is, you know, whether like we're talking even outside VO market, a lot of marketing programs will work but you have to work at it. It's not going to do it for you. Right. And we're all terrible at follow through, follow up. What do you guys have a support system or accountability system that you use for those who are involved with the playbook? So
2: there's a, there's a Facebook group that exists for ongoing support. It's a place where you can come in and, and ask your questions, get help, seek help. I know that there are a lot of people who have taken playbook in the past who have ultimately formed their own accountability groups or found accountability partners from within that group other people who mm-hmm. have taken the class so you know we're, we're, we're kind of in the same place that's another thing that I always tell people too like if you are going to buy this course because you think that this is the get rich quick scheme that's going to make you you know big money and voiceover get you the fame get you the glory please please don't buy my course because that is that is not <laughs> what my course teaches and and I tell people that all the time I'm like and even in the Even in the sales copy that I use for it, I specifically say, like, when I started implementing this strategy, I was working sometimes 12, 14, 16 hours a day. Like, I was doing this every day full time for four years before I got to the place where I wanted to get to. And I want to make that abundantly clear for people so that they understand this information. What you do with it decides whether you make no money or you make big money, right? The information itself is not going to make you money. Playbook itself is not going to make you money. How you implement it is going to make you money. If you take the course and you spend three hours a week working on your business, you're going to get three hours a week results. If you take the course and you put in 50 hours a week, you're going to get 50 hour a week results. But That's true for anything, right? I mean, I posted a video on Instagram a couple days after VO Atlanta and said, what are you going to do with all those notes that you wrote down? Are they going to sit in a notebook that nothing ever happens with? Or are you turning them into action items and you're already working on putting all of that information to use? Because otherwise, if it's just going to sit in a notebook, what'd you spend your money on? How how do you get a return on your investment, right? So." Implementation is absolutely key, and and accountability I think is a is a big part of that. And so, people that are looking for it have definitely been able to find it in the group and and finding accountability partners that make sure that they hold each other to uh, up to doing the thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Mark is the original VOPreneur. Let's give him uh, some advice out there because we have a lot of really new VO folks that listen to this podcast that are in the Facebook group. They're looking to try to build a career. And one of the things we tell them, look, it's not overnight. No. This is a very long marathon. You have to start here to get here. It, my honest opinion, as I tell people, it's going to take you three to five 100%. years just to break through. Yeah. So what, what building blocks uh, do you like to give people just to, to get going? The first
2: reality check that I give everybody, which I get the most pushback on and, and upsets people the most, is you're starting a business and no business gets started for free. Like, I don't care what you've read in the news, no business gets started for free. Uh, so the first thing is, if you're going to do this and you're going to do it right and you're going to do it professionally, you better be prepared to invest accordingly. Uh, I tell new voice actors starting out, be prepared to spend ten dollars to $15,000 on the low end. By the time you do some coaching, get some demos, even get one demo, uh, get your website up and running, you know, get your studio built and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, So that's the first reality check. The second reality check is stop exclusively studying voiceover. That does not mean stop studying voiceover. I'm saying stop exclusively studying voiceover. You're working with voiceover coaches You're listening to all the voiceover podcasts, which, you know, you should listen to my podcast and you should listen to this podcast, of course, obviously. But, uh, you know, you read the voiceover books, all of that sort of stuff. That's going to only take you so far. Where things really shifted for me was when I started studying entrepreneurship. I took a local community college, like a night school class on on entrepreneurship, an intro to, to entrepreneurship. That was a game changer for me. I listen to marketing podcasts. I read books on marketing and sales. I I listen to podcasts and I read books that teach social media and, and different social media strategies that teach email marketing and all of these things. That was the difference for me. And the best part about that, you know, we talked earlier, marketing is marketing is marketing. Learn those things and learn how to apply them to voiceover. But you're also creating skills that are transferable into whatever else you may do in the entire
1: rest of your life. Right. Great advice. Great advice. Now, the playbook is about to roll out. Let's talk about those dates, the open door. And and uh, that is, is it three times a year? Do I have that correct? Yeah, I've, I've been doing it three
2: times a year. I, I get asked a lot about why that happens. Um, to clarify, it is a self-taught course in that you get to learn at your leisure. So when you sign up, you get access to the entire course. You can watch the videos as quickly as you want, as slowly as you want, as many times as you want, whenever you want. Sometimes people think that because there's a hard open and a hard close, it's because we actually work through the course together. That's not the case. The reason why there's a hard close is because there are some things that are built into it, group Q&A sessions that are offered, and then... Coaching packages for people who buy that, and I need to be able to get some of those things done before I, you know, open up the door for the next release window. Uh, So the the release that's coming up now is April 11th through the 20th. This one I am so excited about because this is the first complete overhaul that I have done on the course since 2020. So uh, this is going to be the introduction of I call it Playbook 3.0. By the time I'm done, which will be pretty soon here because we're, we're getting down to crunch time. I'll have probably had, I'll probably have about 200 hours into this course, into redoing this course from top to bottom, uh, redoing all of the videos, updating all of the information. I'm moving it to a new platform, which I've already been told by a couple of my test guinea pigs is so much better than the previous platform, so much more user-friendly, uh, makes the experience a lot better. Uh, so this is going to be A brand new course that comes out in April. It'll be the first time anybody's seen it. Fully updated information for for 2023 and where we're at in in 2023 and what is going on in 2023. And the reality is, there are certain aspects of marketing that just don't change. And so, there Mm -hmm. are certain parts of the course that have not changed. I've refreshed the videos and and stuff like that. Some of the information is, is just foundational information that doesn't adjust. But I've also made changes, particularly in the social media modules, because that's where there's been the most change. Instagram's not the same platform today that it was a year ago. You know, TikTok Mm -hmm. wasn't even around when I built the original playbook. And and Mm -hmm, that's a a big game changer now. YouTube Shorts is something new that wasn't there the last time that the course was created. And so I wanted to make sure there was content for that. So just making sure that there's really good, really up-to-date information that covers off pretty much everything that you would need to know about how to find your own leads, build your own client base, and become the consistently working voice actor that you want to be.
1: Exactly. Well, we've given the dates. We've got this launch coming up soon. It sounds like you've still got some work to do. I do. So I don't want to I don't want to keep you too much longer. But Mark, I really appreciate your time. Um, this will be great for our listeners. Uh, let them know where to find you, how to reach out to get the playbook. Uh, and, and also, uh, we want to invite them to your uh, to your Friday sessions, which are fantastic.
2: Yeah, I've got some really fun free advice Fridays coming up. That's a, a live stream that I do on YouTube Friday afternoons at one o'clock. Um, I've got uncle Roy coming up here in April. Christy Bowen is going to be coming on to answer questions about e-learning. Cliff Zellman is going to be coming on to answer questions about automotive. And so, uh, sometimes it's just me answering business and marketing questions. Sometimes I bring in guests and, you know, they've got an area of expertise and then you get a chance. I mean, when else do you get a chance to ask Cliff Zellman questions about automotive free for an hour on a, on a Friday afternoon? So that's, that, right. that's happening. That's that, right. that happens on my YouTube channel. Um, the podcast, the Everyday Veopreneur podcast, is another great resource for voice actors who really want to focus on the business and marketing side of things. If you're looking for Playbook, it's uh, voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. And if you're looking for any of the other coaching resources that I offer, private coaching classes, all that sort of stuff, uh, markscottcoaching.com is that website. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And, and a shout out to Cliff. Cliff did my automotive demo last July or August and work with me a little bit on how to market it, how to go after it. And, uh, happy to say I have three excellent automotive clients now. Cliff is amazing. Um, I love that guy. He, he is. Yeah. He's, he's such a giver. I mean, uh, the process he goes through to, to get you through your demo and the, and the time he spends coaching you through it is just unbelievable yeah. he just does a fantastic job yep. so uh kudos to that look forward to that mark thank you I'm gonna let you get back to the playbook I know you got things to do but we sure appreciate your time and uh best of luck with this and and uh which heck you don't need luck we've we, you know we're we're gonna push this thing out there and get get more people involved and 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 get them to jump into the playbook I just need uh, some
2: more dr pepper and barbecue to, to keep me fueled as I, as I work through a it there's been a lot of seven day weeks and two or three o'clock in the morning bedtimes while i try to get it done so
1: <laughs> but well worth it yeah well worth absolutely. it uh, everybody's looking forward to it great to, great to hear mark good to see, have seen and met you in atlanta and great to talk to you today yeah, man. thanks a lot thank you so much i appreciate it it's great to be
2: here you've been listening to the vo life with troy holden check back for more episodes each week and catch up on what you've missed also this is for you those just living that vo life Thanks for listening, and join us again.
0: This has been the VO Life with Troy Holden. If you'd like to consult with Troy one-on-one, visit his website and schedule time at troyholdenvoices.com. Join the VO Live Facebook page and interact with other new voice talent. Join the VO Workouts or the midweek meetup on the VO Live page events. And be sure and leave a review on Apple and let us know what you'd like us to cover on the podcast. You can also get all of the episodes on Troy's YouTube page. Just search for Troy Holden Voices. That boy is everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn. Next thing you know, he'll have a streaming
2: TV show. God forbid. And I will.